BJ Productions here with your third episode of the year. I'm sitting next to Ben Northrup, and I'm Jason Hageman. Today we're going to be bringing you the AFC North and South. Before we get into the show, we just want to remind all the fans out there, if you want any questions answered about any league, any format, any player, any division, or anything uh, sports, it can be baseball too. We'll answer some baseball, yeah. hockey, basketball, anything you want to know. Email us at bjpodcast11 at gmail.com. Again, that is bjpodcast11 at gmail.com. You know, we've still been starting to get some more emails, and it'd be nice. Anything you email us, we'll try and answer as many as... We usually get to a lot of them, so we're going to throw out the year. We'll just filter them and uh, get to the best ones that aren't Mm -hmm. a joke. We get some funny ones from random people who are just huge fans. But um, as Jason said earlier on the lowdown today, we got the AFC... Uh, south to begin with, then the AFC North, then we'll introduce the Quad FL like we talked about, and then we go over our top 10 Dynasty running backs, yep. ending up with a few emails, the usual lowdown for these first couple episodes. These are, are in our arguable episodes, and we're just talking about the divisions first. So we'll start with the AFC South. So we're going to start with the AFC South with the Indianapolis Colts. A sleeper on that team. I like Anthony Gonzalez coming off an injury. I love, you know, we got Pierre Garçon, who's their number two with Reggie Wayne. But I think him healthy, going in a slot receiver like Wes Walker, if they decide to open up the offense like they can, and with Peyton Manning's ego, you know he's going to still try to get as much yards as he can. And I think Anthony Gonzalez is a great sleeper pick coming off injury. I agree with you on that part about um, Anthony Gonzalez. Because Anthony Gonzalez, he had productive years in that wide receiver number three role. And Pierre Garçon uh, can fill into the Reggie Wayne shoes of the old offense. Reggie Wayne is now in the Marvin Harrison shoes. I think they're both sleepers. But the guy I'm looking towards in the sleeper is Donald Brown. Joseph Adai had a 3.7 yards per carry average last year. Ben, question. How did Donald Brown do for you in the fantasy championship last year? I realized I got burnt by Donald Brown in week 17. I thought he was going to do very well, but things didn't turn out. He I was got, just wondering. Just only wondering. got four. But my thing about Donald Brown this year is the fact that Donald Brown, they drafted him for a reason. He's more of a home run hitter. Joseph Adai only had one carry of longer than 20 yards last year. That Donald Brown is going to start getting some more carries in the middle of the field. He won't be the red zone guy. That's Joseph Adai's job. He's a lot better in the red zone. But expect about 150 carries for Donald Brown this year. Uh, if I'm looking at a bust on this offense, I don't necessarily think he's a bust, but I think he's going for too high of a value, and that's that's in Reggie Wayne. Because I can't spend 50-something bucks in an auction or third best receiver value overall, or even second in some leagues, to get a guy that, you know, I think he's going to slowly start dipping a little bit. I think he's going to be more of the sixth, the 10th best receiver, where in auctions you should be going after him um, for about 20, 30 bucks. Yeah, I don't agree. I couldn't agree more with you on the Reggie Wayne part. I just don't, I think he's on a steady decline. I think they'll spread the ball out a lot more when uh, teams lock on to him with their number one, and they got to go up against some tough corners. Moving on to the J- the Jags with a sleeper pick. I, you know, I think he's still being undervalued in Mike Sims Walker. I drank that Kool Aid a lot last year. Oh, you did. And I think I'll start drinking it again, but. I, I still think he's being undervalued for what he did. David Garrard isn't the best quarterback, but having the one game that they do, to have to have any bit of a threat at wide receiver, you're still going to look a lot better. I think he has the potential to get 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. 
and an offense that lacks a true number one. So as long as he can step up into that role, I think Mike Sims-Walker is a great pick. I agree with you on the Mike Sims-Walker. And he's, well, I, I think we do agree for this first, one of the first times ever. I agree, Mike Sims-Walker is a huge sleeper because he's a wide receiver number one. He gets a lot of targets, and he's, David Gard's by far his favorite option. That um, maybe his year last year could have been an over-exaggeration at times. He had a couple very good games, but he's still a talented receiver, and I think he could do much worse at about the 20th best wide receiver this year. Yeah. Because you're comparing him with guys like Garcon and Mike Wallace that, and Hakeem Nicks, who are wide receiver twos on their respective team, that I'd rather take um, a one-year proven wide receiver one over him. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. On a bust on the team, I think we're both good agreeing. Maurice Jones-Drew being overvalued as the number three running back. I know we've talked about it a lot. I just don't truly think that he's a number three running back. He took a lot of hits the past years, and he's been the guy there for so many years, and you know, he's never really been talked about to slow down, but I think the, those hits can only, you can only take that for so long, taking nasty hits in the NFL. So I don't see him to perform at a top five running back position this year. Yeah, I agree with you. What I don't see him doing is keeping his high yards for carry up. That's, that's going to be the first thing that drops first of all. I still see him getting his touchdowns like he does. He'll get double-digit touchdowns just for the fact that he's the focal point of the offense. But I see him breaking down. I see him missing a couple games of injury. I see him getting less yardage per game. I see them trying to involve Rashard Jennings in the passing game more. That he's not going to be a top three running back this year. And this is the year that he slowly starts making a decline after being overused over the years. The Tennessee Titans now moving on to a sleeper. Again, I like Kenny Britt. The number one wide receiver there. He's being taken around on most ESPN leagues 21 through 25. I think a very undervalued wide receiver who, again, is a number one. Would you rather have a true number one who, to be honest, does not have a lot of competition to try to take over his job, or Pierre Garçon, who has who has uh, Anthony Gonzalez trying to take catches away, Dallas Clark trying to take catches away. I would rather have, you know, obviously Chris Johnson is going to be a huge focal point of that offense, but having a guy who's your number one target, I'd say you've got to take a good look at him as a good pick there. I agree with you on Kenny Britt. That offense, I would go with either Kenny Britt or Vince Young. I just think the passing game is highly undervalued this year. That I think that's going to be – Vince Young should be about the 10th or 11th best quarterback by the end of the year. Also, the touchdowns runs he gets. But I think the passing game will be improved. I think Kenny Britt will be a startable fantasy receiver this year. And I think Nate Washington, uh, Nate Washington could be a nice bi-week villain in deeper league formats. And maybe he catches some heat, and you can start him for a couple weeks in a row. Um, a bust on the team? Not necessarily a bust, but I, I still think Chris Johnson's overvalued as the number one. He had one heck of a year last year, but if you're, I, I think he's going to be great. I think he'll be a top five running back. So he's not necessarily a bust. It's just you don't pay for 2,000 yards. Pay for what he's going to do this year. And what he's more likely to do this year is about 1,500, 1,600 yards and 12, 13 TDs, which is still a heck of a year, but that's not the record-breaking year that he had last year. That Don't come to the fantasy draft expecting you're going to get last year's stats because that's just not what's going to happen. I, I don't know if you would know. I don't have a huge bust on this team. I think a lot of guys are undervalued except Chris Johnson, but I can't really see him declining in numbers by any mean. He 
he ran around everyone. He had a lot of counters and long, long runs around teams. He was not taking, he was not like Amon Green back in the day who just bowled through safeties and corners and linebackers. He just ran around everyone. I don't really think his body took that big of a wear and tear. And my thing was he focused in the offseason. I'm hoping that he stayed focused and worked hard in the offseason because if you don't, you're not going to have the numbers. I think he can reproduce what he did because I don't think he really took the toll like Maurice Jones-Drew did last year. But if there's one guy that's maybe not worth where they are, I would say it's him. Uh, now on to the Texans, which are a huge sleeper team in the AFC this year. My sleeper on the team would have to be Jacoby Jones. Uh, he's a guy that I've liked over the past couple of years. He just hasn't gotten his chance to be in the lineup yet. But he's a very talented player. I don't think you, you need to draft him that high and in standard formats. I don't think you really need to draft him at all unless you're getting him in the last round or two. But I think he's a talented player. And if Kevin Walter goes down or anything, he steps up great in the number two. And if Andre Johnson goes down, it would be Jacoby Jones entering in as that number one. He's a tall, athletic, fast receiver that fits the mold of a breakout candidate, a.k.a. Miles Austin, of this past year. Yeah, I, I like your pick there, but I, I the guy who I think's being not I, I think he's right where he should be, if not a little bit more, is Matt Schaub. I think if he stays healthy, he has Andrew Johnson, the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, Jacoby Jones, who's just looking like a stud, Kevin Walter, and the if he can run some seam routes and just get his height, use his height as advantage, I think he could be great. And Owen Daniels last year was on on pace to a career year till he got hurt. So I think you have four great threats there. If you know if Ben Tate can show a beat as a running back, just show any little bit of a threat, I think it could open up that offense quite a bit. And I love Matt Schaub to possibly end the year as a top three quarterback up there with Aaron Rodgers. Um, now on to the AFC North. We're going to start with the Cincinnati Bengals. My sleeper on that team would have to be Carson Palmer. I think... I know a lot of people don't like him, and a lot of my fantasy analysts with me don't like him. But I think with an improved passing attack, with Gresham, with Antonio Bryant now in the number two, who fills in perfectly for that TJ Hushman's out of a mold. Carson Palmer, one more year off his elbow surgery. He's a lot healthier now. He finally has a chance to perform. That He's another quarterback who I think could do well. He's in that quarterback range after the top eight, who I think there's so many guys who have high potential that if you don't get one of those guys, take your pick for the next six to seven quarterbacks. And he's in that group with Cutler, Flacco, Cobb, Hene, um, to say the least, of some of those other guys. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think he's being very undervalued as a 15 to 20 quarterback. I I think that's very low for a guy who has Chad Ochocinco as his number one wide receiver, Antonio Bryant, and Jermaine Gresham, and he still has a good running game. I think he's just being very undervalued as a quarterback, and I think he could slide up into the top 10 by the end of the year and be a starter for you down the stretch in your fantasy playoffs. So moving on now to the Steelers. A sleeper I like on that team is that whole run game with Ben Roethlisberger out the first uh, four to six weeks, depending on what he does. You know, depend. You know, yes, they did lose their right tackle, but if they, you know, Jerome Bettis was there, they clearly have run plays that they know work. If you get the ball running there, if Mendenhall learns how to actually follow his blocks, because last year, that was a problem they talked about. He did not follow his blocks, he did not read the play correctly, and he still had good numbers. 
The guy is incredibly talented. If he can finally learn how to actually run a correct play, I say you're looking at him to have a great sleeper year. I agree with you on Mendenhall that if he if he becomes more patient, he will be a lot better. But my sleeper on this team is Mike Wallace. I think this is the year. Think of two years ago for the Colts where Wayne made his progression to the number one over uh, Marvin Harrison. I think that's this year for Mike Wallace over Heinz Ward. And the fact that I think Heinz Ward turns in a little more of uh, getting less targets, more possession receiver. And Mike Wallace will be more that flanker receiver, guy who gets the deeper targets, guy who's maybe that Deshaun Jackson type mold because he's a very fast receiver. That after Roethlisberger comes back, I think he has a lot of good weeks from five and on. I don't think you want to draft him right right away to be and expect huge production because Byron Leftwich isn't the quarterback I want for him. But once Roethlisberger's back, expect big things out of Mike Wallace. If I had to say a bust from here, my bust is if you're trying to draft Ben Roethlisberger early. I mean, some people are drafting him as about the 11th, 12th quarterback because they're like, okay, once Ben Roethlisberger comes back, I have a talented quarterback. But that's, you're still missing four games with Ben Roethlisberger and say you start 0 and 3 in the strategy that you're doing. I mean, 0 3 and, uh, and 1 and 3, you're already behind the eight ball, and you need to string a couple wins together. Don't draft Ben Roethlisberger expecting anything out of him. Being more of this, you want to take him in the last round or pick him up after a couple weeks once you know that suspension has been reduced to four games. I couldn't agree more. I don't think you're, you should waste, you know, a 10 to 12th round pick. You know, you can do what you want, but I don't think he's going to be that good again this year. He's He's always killed you in fantasy anyway with the picks. He's never really been a true great fantasy quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a starter in any leagues this year, a bi-week replacement possibly when he comes back, but I don't like him at all this year. Uh, moving on to the Baltimore Ravens. A bust I have on that team, I you know, I not sold completely on Ray Rice. You know, I know they still have Willis McGahee there who's serviceable back. I know that they always have liked to go the committee back there. I know he kind of stood out from everyone else last year. But Ray Rice, you know, spending top three to five money on him, I don't know if that's necessarily the right choice yet. I agree with you on Ray Rice. That I think he's um, he's too overvalued right now. If you're saying that he's the third or the fourth, um, the guy who I would say is a bust is if you still think you're getting any any of the same production out of Derek Mason, that Anquan Bolin takes in a lot of his targets this year. And Mason, you should expect him to be where you've been drafting him in recent years, in the 30s and 40s. Don't expect that 17th best receiver from last year that Mason was now that Bolin's there because they're way too similar as wide receivers. On that team in the sleeper, I've said it many times, I think Joe Flacco has a great year. I, I couldn't agree more. Passing is going to be so much better. Bringing in Anquan Bolden is a great accusation. You look how good Anquan Bolden did his rookie year. That, that wasn't a fluke. That was not a fluke. With Larry Fitzgerald there, he always had problems with the organization. He did not want to be there. He tried to get traded year after year after year, and he still couldn't. So I think at some point he's just going to break out. He's the number one guy there. He's got a great quarterback. He's got hopefully a good run game. I think – yeah, Joe Flacco breaks out. Now to the final team before we hit our first uh, commercial break with the Cleveland Browns, the toilet of the NFL. Oh, geez. So much has happened to Cleveland this offseason, whether it's through how bad their football team is or how bad LeBron James destroyed them in the decision. 
You want a bust on that team? I don't know if you can really say there's a bust. I would say their whole passing game is just brutal. They named Jake DeLome this freaking starter. They said it's his job to lose. I think Seneca Wallace is a better option there. I think he brings more excitement to the game with with uh, Cribs there. And I, I just, that whole, that whole offense, except Jerome Harrison, I would say, is going to be, you're going to, just don't even don't even hurt yourself. You want, you want one word, uh, one phrase about this team? Stay the bleep away from them. They're gonna if you if you're expecting them to be in a starting role in your fantasy team, you can't expect a championship. Maybe as a late round sleeper, if somehow one of them breaks out, but until that happens, no, I don't I don't want anything to do with the Browns. Now we're hitting our first commercial break. We'll be back to you as soon as again. This is BJ Productions. Hello, we're back with BJ Productions. Ben Northam and Jason Hagman are still here. And first off, after the commercial break, we're going to start and introduce the Quadifel. The Quadifel is our main fantasy football league. It's of 10 of the now, uh, 10 fantasy analysts in our Minneapolis area. This is Minneapolis is where it is our home area that we all of us met together. And this year, league's been going on since 2004. Yeah, I joined the league last, last year. year. Yep, last year's previous champ was Jason Hagman. Uh, I've won the league three times. David Bredemus, who was our emailer on the first show, won the league once. And then my brother, Greg Northrup, won the league once. But all of us, it's a very competitive league. And t- a 10-team league, start one quarterback, three running backs, three wide receivers. So we start a lot of guys in this league. One tight end, one defense, one kicker. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the basic kind of standard scoring. It's 50-50, so it's not the 25-75 ESPN uses. But the draft is mid-August, so once we get more towards there, we'll talk about it more, talk about uh, who we think is going to go high and who we think is going to go low in the league. And then after the draft in the podcast, we're definitely going to go over the results and just explain our thoughts. So it's, we'll probably have a mock draft in the upcoming weeks or so to talk about this upcoming draft of ours. But until then, stay there. Now what we're going to talk about next is the top 10 Dynasty running backs if you were starting a Dynasty League this year. Yep. Uh, ben, Ben, I know we've kind of disagreed on a couple guys. At my top, I still have Chris Johnson and then Adrian Peterson. I think hit Chris Johnson's speed can put him over anyone in the league. And I think AP's fumbling problems maybe won't go away. I don't know if they'll go away which they cost him a huge – I know his off year last year was like 1,700 yards and, what, 18 touchdowns or something like that. But Chris Johnson, with that speed, I think can go another four to five, six years of great, great numbers. You know, just go over, go over your top five first. Okay, so then, my, my, then, my, we'll, then, we'll, then we'll debate. My, why don't you go Chris Johnson, AP, Ray Rice because of the age, then I like Frank Gore, and then Sean Green. Frank Gore, four. Oof. But um, mine goes AP, Chris Johnson, Ray Rice, Sean Green, Ryan Matthews. I can't put Frank Gore at number four because of how many carries he's had in his years. He, I just think he's been running. But he's the, the centerpiece around an offense 
They have Crabtree there. I think they have a they have a good enough pass offense. That 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 run offense is gonna open up in the next couple of years. I, I think it has. I just I just see him starting to I think he has he'll have a pretty good year this year. Maybe not top four that he's being drafted in something, top four or five, but I still think he'll have a, a pretty good year. But I just think he might only have one, maybe two years left. I'd rather get a guy like Sean Green who has a great um, run block system with the New York Jets and has a higher potential. Or Ryan Matthews, who I think fits into that LT mold, not as good as LT, but he fits into the Charger system so well. Yeah, well, my next, my 6 through 10, I have Ryan Matthews at 6 with Beanie Wells at 7 because I think Beanie Wells is in a great position. I think Ryan Matthews is just ahead of Beanie Wells because... Uh, Ryan Matthews is in a run-first offense where, Beanie, or, uh, where Beanie's got Larry Fitzgerald there, which is going to clearly take away some touchdowns. Then I got Maurice Jones-Drew. Just slid down a little bit because of the age and the number and the hits that he's taken. I don't think he's bad at all to take, but I just think he's not a top five in a dynasty league. After that, Michael Turner, I still think, has plenty of years left. Again, you're looking at running backs really with about an eight-year career span to be at the top of their game. And, and the, that's the max. Yeah. And we're looking at your number one guys. Out of all these ten, this is like your number one guy for the next, you know, five to eight years. So after Maurice Jones drew the Michael Turner, I think still has about four good years left in him, which gives you plenty of time to draft, you know, a Ben Tate or to go after a guy next year, you know, who can step his game up in three years. And then LaShawn McCoy, I have mine rounding up the top ten. I think with Kevin Cobb there, let's. I think they're going to run the ball early to try to take some pressure off of him and get him to open up. But I think with Sean McCoy, I think he had you know decent numbers last year. Clearly with Brian Westbrook there, even though he got hurt, I think he just didn't get the full time number one back. But I think this year he really tries to open it up this year. Uh, first, I'll just say my six through ten goes Mojo, Frank Gore, Jonathan Stewart, Michael Turner, No. Sean Moreno. From the guys in your list, I am so down on LaShawn McCoy. I just think he's going to be a bust in the future. He's not hes not Brian Westbrook. And maybe he's a running back two over the years, but he'll never be a top ten running back. And uh, he doesn't fit he, – he can't run the ball inside the, inside the red zone, period. And he's a good pass catcher, but that's it. And for him to score, he needs to score outside of 20 yards. And I don't know if he has, like, game-breaking speed. I think this is where the Mojo, Frank, or Michael Turners go, that they've had years on their career, but they still have about three, uh, three years of very productive fantasy football left in them. I think all three of them do. That this is from 6 to 10 is a great range for them. I think Jonathan Stewart's in this group because I think this is the last year D'Angelo has uh, with the Carolina Panthers. And I think that there's two to three years where Jonathan Stewart will dominate there. I'm, that's just if he can stay healthy. We don't know about that. Which is why he's my number eight, but I think he has potential to be goofy. And I've always thought No Moreno's talented. I think in the Josh McDaniels offense, if him and Tebow with Decker, Demarius Thomas, they all grow together. Their offensive line is already good. The offense grows up together. I think No Moreno's a potential first, second round draft pick over the next few years. Couldn't agree more. So now we're going to move on to our email part of the portion where we get a couple emails, of course, and we try to answer all of them. Uh, Ben's going to first start off with, uh, with I think, what are you going to start off with, Ben? Oh, we have an a interesting email from Reggae Bush. Reggae Bush from New Orleans. Reggae Bush from New Orleans says, 
How will my backfield shape up this year? And will I finally become a viable starting fantasy running back? I don't think he's going to be... I don't think he ever will be a number one guy. I don't think he can run inside the tackles where he'll truly be a number one guy in the NFL. I think, yes, he has a lot of potential in the pass game. I think he can run the slants. He can catch the ball very well. I have no problem with him punt returning, kick returning. Again, I like him as a third down back to catch out of the backfield. He, Yes, he did do well on some long counters and some toss plays. I think eight to ten carries with three to four catches is where his career is good. But I don't. I would never want him as my star running back. Um, next email is from Mark from Minnesota. Mark from Mini. Uh, his question is, what top ten running back do you see falling off the cliff this year fantasy-wise? Falling off the cliff fantasy-wise, I, I know you're huge on him, but I just don't like D'Angelo Williams this year. I think Jonathan Stewart is healthy from his Achilles, which has bothered him for, he said, even part of his college career. If he is healthy, I just truly do not like D'Angelo Williams that much this year, and I know you're going to disagree with me on this. I will disagree with you completely, but I do understand your point that there is a chance that John Fox wants to go, okay, Jonathan Stewart's talented. Because he's there for the future, we might just start giving him more carries, and that means Stewart could be a top-ten running back. I just think they're going to run D'Angelo into the ground this year and just give him the rock as many times as they can and not resign him. I think I just don't see him being a buzz. I don't see one guy in the top ten this year just falling off completely, but I see Mojo not living up to his value. I see Rice Gore. I see just all these guys not living up to their their value with from Mojo to Ray Rice to Turner to Gore. I think they're all going to do good, but I just don't see any of those guys being worthy of a top top uh, top ten pick. And in the auction format. It might be an interesting strategy to start going after a bunch of running back number twos because I see guys like Sean Green, Beanie Wells, Ryan Matthews, Jamal Charles, Pierre Thomas, Jonathan Stewart, No Sean Rayo. All these guys down there are high potential guys. Yes, they're risk, but if you get a few of these guys, maybe one or two of them hit, and boom, you're set. I just think there's so many guys in that top ten that I just think they won't bust out, but they just won't live up to their potential. Couldn't agree more. Now we're going to go to Charlie P. from Ithaca, New York. He says he's a big red Cornell fan. Clearly, I love that school, so clearly knows me pretty well. He says, is this the year Eli Manning has a better season than Peyton Manning? No. No. That's, that's just flat out no for me. I think Eli Manning will get you 4,000 yards and 25 TDs. And back in the old days, that's top three quarterbacks. But nowadays, that's about the 11th or 12th best quarterback. He's so consistent with that. He's a good bi-week fill-in. He killed me in the Fantasy Bowl last year. Him and Donald Brown, they have a sore spot in my heart. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. I think Peyton Manning will always do what he does best and get you, you know, 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. I think Eli Manning maybe has more targets and more talent around him, but I think that makes him look better. I think Peyton Manning makes wide receivers look better. And I think these wide receivers are making Eli Manning look better. I think they're both great quarterbacks, but I just do not see Eli Manning ever going over and beating Peyton Manning maybe in 10 years. But no. Well, that's it for us from BJ Productions. I just want to let you know, we love emails, and we'll take emails at bjpodcast11 
at gmail.com. That's bjpodcast11 at gmail.com. Signing off, I'm Jason. I'm Ben Northup. Stay classy fantasy football listeners.